You know I could never let you go. She leaned over, and he tried not to flinch when her fingers brushed a lock of his long black hair from his forehead. Your perfection. I wanted you the moment I laid eyes on you, she smiled, and Daddy got you for me. Byron wanted to vomit. Now, you should know, she told him then, leaning back as if she could sense his disgust and was hurt by it. I brought Jason here for you. You see, the woman he loves happens to be your brother's mate. Byron froze at the mention of his little brother. And Lucas wouldn't be enjoying her right now if he hadn't put a silver bullet through Jason's heart. She seemed to consider something a moment, and her gaze became distant. He's very smart, your brother, very resourceful. Her expression took on a longing cast, and Byron's gut clenched. Leave him alone, he told her. It was a warning. It was a desperate plea. The vampire princess turned back to him, her cold, violet eyes taking him in from head to toe. Oh, I will, my love, she promised him, licking her red, plump lips. On one condition. Chapter One The Kill The night was thick with the smell of fog. It was like inhaling snow that hadn't yet fallen, and it smothered her as she raced down the Embarcadero to some unknown destination. It didn't matter where she was headed, only how fast she got there. Her long legs carried her at a quick pace. She'd always been a fast runner. Her training ensured that she never lost that talent. But dreams were dreams, and when they went south, they were never fair. The white wall of pea soup around her clung to her legs, pulling at her and slowing her down. Her heart was racing, pounding hard against the inside of her ribcage. It felt as if it bruised her as she ran, but she couldn't stop. She couldn't give in, no matter how heavy her limbs were growing or how much her chest was aching. He was behind her, the demon with the grey eyes. In the waking world, he was the hunted, the prey, the one who had eluded her and evaded her and taunted her with his very existence for nearly twenty years. But here, in the twisted confines of her deepest, darkest imaginings, he was the hunter, and she was doomed. The sound of her footfalls echoed hollowly, despite the cotton-like quality of the fog around her. She was in so much pain he was coming closer. It was inevitable that he would catch her. "'Wake up! Wake up! Wake up!' her mind screamed. Any second now she would sit up in bed, covered in sweat, her long hair fanning out around her face like a billowing curtain. She would be gasping for air. It was always the same. But she could hear him now, hear the deep rumble of his breath as he closed in on her. She'd never been able to hear him before. No, she thought. What would happen if he caught her? Would she die? Would she ever wake again? In her dreamscape there was no reason. There was no room for logic. It was constructed of fear, built on a platform of stark uncertainty. 
Somewhere in the mist behind her, the sound of padded paws scraping along the ground changed. He was a man now. His boots set a quick pace, their hard, warning sound echoing so much more loudly than her own. He was running, but as she slowed, drawn down by the weight of her wicked, unfair dream, so did he. Unhurried. Stalking. It was too cruel. With a start so vicious, her heart felt as if it had been torn from her chest, Catherine Dare awoke in a mass of soaked sheets and gasped for air. Her hair had come loose of the braid she'd put it in the night before, and she inhaled several strands as she gulped in what oxygen she could get. She coughed violently, shoved her hair out of her face, and rolled over. The room was stifling. Her head was instantly pounding, nausea roiling in her belly.